Hello, and welcome back to Astronomy News with the Cosmic Companion. This week, we welcome Dr. Kathy Olkin from the Southwest Research Institute to the show. We're going to talk about Lucy, the first mission to explore the Trojan asteroids of Jupiter. But first, we're going to look in on an unusual radio signal coming from near the center of our galaxy. Next, we journey out to the International Space Station, where a signal from a smoke alarm caused concern prior to a spacewalk. Finally, we explore the cosmos in the most detailed virtual universe yet created, before welcoming our special guest to the show. Astronomers using the ASCAP network of radio telescopes in Australia have recently discovered an unusual intermittent signal coming from near the center of our galaxy. This repeating flash is only seen in radio waves, which do not seem to be accompanied by light, x-rays, or any other form of electromagnetic radiation. Most common sources of similar radio emissions, such as pulsars, have largely been eliminated as the sources for this bizarre radio signal. As technology grows, astronomers are likely to find mysteries like this throughout the cosmos. The most detailed simulation of the universe ever called ASHU, has been created by an international group of researchers. The simulation contains more than two trillion particles, that's trillion with a T, spread over a virtual space of nearly 10 billion light years. This virtual universe was created on Aturu 2, the most powerful supercomputer in the world dedicated to astronomy. Developers have made their simulation for other organizations uh, to explore for free. On 9th of September, smoke detectors sounded aboard the Russian segment of the International Space Station, causing concern among occupants and mission engineers. Crew members turned on an atmospheric cleaning filter in the Zvezda service module, clearing the air. Cosmonauts Oleg Novitsky and Peter Dubarov successfully completed the 50th Russian spacewalk from the ISS later that day. There are no reports yet saying if anyone was just making toast when the smoke alarm went off. Looking deep into the universe, we see backwards in time. And the oldest light in the universe holds secrets to how everything around us will, one day, end. Meanwhile, stars, planets, and galaxies dance in an intricate ballet, occasionally giving birth to life. We are a fledgling species, just beginning to visit other worlds. We are a way for the universe to understand itself. The Cosmic Companion strives to bring the universe down to Earth and we depend on your help to make it happen. For information on subscriptions and ways to donate to this program, 
please visit thecosmiccompanion.net. Thank you. Next up, we talk with Dr. Kathy Olkin about the upcoming Lucy mission, exploring the Trojan asteroids of Jupiter. This week on Astronomy News with the Cosmic Companion, we're happy to be joined by Dr. Kathy Olkin. She is a planetary scientist at the Southwest Research Institute, and she is the deputy um, primary investigator on the Lucy mission, the first spacecraft ever designed to study the Trojan asteroids of Jupiter up close. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you for having me. Thanks. So just can you give us a little brief introduction. Um, what is Lucy and what makes this mission so interesting? Yeah, Lucy is a NASA Discovery class mission. It'll be the first spacecraft ever uh, visit the Trojan asteroids. These asteroids share an orbit with Jupiter in the Lagrange points. So they're 60 degrees ahead of Jupiter in its orbit and 60 degrees behind Jupiter. There are two swarms of the Trojan asteroids. And the Lucy mission will be visiting uh, seven different Trojan asteroids through five flybys. Uh, this is a robotic spacecraft, uh, an unmanned, uncrewed mission, and uh, the spacecraft will fly by these targets and we will learn about them and see them up close for the first time ever. From the Earth, we can learn about their position and their color and their overall spectral features, but we can't see surface details. And so we're going to send Lucy there to do the next level of exploration of these very interesting remnants from solar system formation. That's so fascinating. So what do we know about these Jovian Trojan asteroids so far? Do we know how they formed? Or, you know, what do we know about their behavior or anything like that? Yeah, so we, we know their orbits well. We know the colors. There's two general color classifications, red and less red. I like to say that, uh, you know, astronomers aren't the greatest in coming up with names. So lead, red and less red isn't that exciting. But uh, there's also three different spectral types. So when you look at the spectrum in the visible and near infrared, at the overall shape, we can uh, form taxonomic classes. And there's three of these taxonomic classes that are present in the Trojan asteroids. They are C, D, and P type asteroids. And with the Lucy mission, we're gonna go visit both the uh, L4 and L5 swarm of Trojan asteroids. We're gonna see red and less red Trojan asteroids, and we're gonna visit Trojan asteroids that are P, D, and C types. And part of the reason that we're doing this is because we wanna understand the where these objects formed and how they became located in the Lagrange points where they are today. So we don't know exactly uh, where they formed. We know that these objects formed early uh, in the solar system and there are some theories that say that they formed further out than Jupiter 
and that there was a chaotic evolution of the solar system when Jupiter would go around the sun twice for every one time that Saturn went around the sun. And that resonance caused a big catastrophic destruction, uh, catastrophic kind of chaotic event in the solar system's history where some of the small bodies from the solar system were ejected to out of our solar system. Others would have been ejected towards the sun or towards planets. And perhaps this is how the Trojan asteroids were captured. So there's different theories and we don't know um, exactly how they came to be, but by going to the Trojan asteroids and getting a close-up look at their composition and their geology and understanding their bulk properties, like the density, is going to give us interesting clues to inform the next level of questions about these Trojan asteroids. We're really a mission of exploration to these objects that we've never seen before. It just sounds so fascinating. And so what can this mission in studying these Trojan asteroids teach us about not only those systems, but, the, but our solar system in general? Yeah, the small bodies like the Trojan asteroids are really the leftovers from solar system formation. Their neighbors or cousins might have gone into forming Jupiter and Saturn. And so by looking at the Trojan asteroids, we're seeing these objects that formed near the objects that went into forming our planets. So they're kind of the leftovers from solar system formation. So we want to really understand and, and look back. It's a way of kind of looking back in time to see what the building blocks of the planets were by looking at these Trojan asteroids. The Lucy mission uh, carries three different scientific instruments on board, and those instruments are on an instrument pointing platform. So there's a picture of Lucy right behind me, and yeah. the instrument pointing platform is right there. And on the uh, instrument pointing platform, uh, there are uh, three scientific instruments. Uh, uh, one is a high-resolution panchromatic camera, so we get black and white pictures, and that's called LORI. And then there's an instrument called TESS that basically can take the temperature of the Trojan asteroids. And then there's the RALPH instrument, which is really two instruments in one. It's a color camera and shortwave infrared uh, imaging spectrometer. That's a fancy way of saying a composition mapper. We're going to be able to look across the object and get uh, spectral signatures across different uh, terrain units on the Trojan asteroids and look at the composition in more detail than we can ever do from the Earth. And we are going to be able to do science using two subsystems of the spacecraft. One is our guidance and control subsystem has uh, terminal tracking cameras, and they're a very wide field of view camera. So that's going to be another way also to look at the Trojan asteroids. And then the um, radio science, the, the telecommunications subsystem will allow us to do a radio science experiment and basically weigh the Trojan asteroids. How much do they weigh? How much mass is there? And we'll use that along with our imagery to get uh, a density by getting the mass and the volume. 
So there's many different investigations that we'll be doing with the Lucy spacecraft to learn uh, different things about the Trojan asteroids that are just not possible from Earth. You're listening to Astronomy News with the Cosmic Companion, a podcast focused on making science accessible to everyone, including weekly interviews with groundbreaking scientists. We depend on support from fans like you, helping us bring science news and education directly to listeners around the globe. Visit us at thecosmiccompanion.net forward slash support for information on subscriptions and other ways you can help support this program. Subscriptions start at just 99 cents a month. Show your love of astronomy and space exploration by visiting thecosmiccompanion.net forward slash support today. Hi there, this is James Maynard from The Cosmic Companion. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, our podcast is put out through Anchor FM. If you've ever wanted to have to your own podcast, they're a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, Anchor gives you a chance to uh, put get your podcast together with all the tools in one place. And uh, you can do it from your phone or a computer. And they're going to help you get distributed out to all the major platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. And so, best of all, Anchor's all free. How cool, huh? Anyway, if you want to check it out, go download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Clear skies. That's amazing. So looking forward to this mission. And speaking of which, you folks are currently aiming at launching sometime late in October, early November, last I saw. Um, and so can you give us an idea of the mission timeline from then on? I mean, you could have like three, three uh, gravitational assists from Earth and just get, just run us through what this, the journey of the spacecraft is going to go on. Sure. Uh, so our launch period opens on October 16th and we have 23 days to launch. So that takes us into early November. And we'll be launching um, from Cape Canaveral down here in Florida, which is where I'm currently located. And so we launch in uh, October of 2021. And the first thing we do is a one-year orbit where we come back to Earth about a year from now and do a gravity assist. And, and I'll, I'll actually stop here for a minute and say that one of the things that's most amazing about the Lucy mission is this trajectory that allows us to visit so many objects. It's just spectacular to be able to visit uh, seven different Trojan asteroids over the, with one spacecraft over the course of 12 years. So we do an Earth gravity assist, and that pumps up our aphelion. So uh, we're getting further out from the sun. And um, a couple years later, we fly back and do another Earth gravity assist. And this is what pumps our aphelion up out to more than five astronomical units, where 1AU is the distance between the sun and the Earth so that we can get to the Trojan asteroids. As we're flying back out to the Trojan asteroids, we fly past a main belt asteroid as a rehearsal target, 
in April of 2025, that main belt asteroid we had named uh, Donald Johansson uh, after the discoverer of the Lucy Australopithecus fossil. Um, and so we're going to be taking the Lucy spacecraft to visit the asteroid Donald Johansson, which I think is pretty cool. And cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, great when we realized that we could uh, name it after Donald Johansson. And then we fly out, continue on our journey outward from the sun. We get to our first Trojan target in 2027. So we fly four swarm and we visit five different Trojan asteroids through four different encounters between 2027 and 2029. The first flyby is of a Trojan asteroid called Euripides. And we recently discovered that Euripides has a satellite and we named that Keta. And uh, fun fact, Keta is named after an Olympic athlete and her name is Enriqueta Basilio. And she was the first woman to light the Olympic cauldron. And this was in 1964 at the uh, Mexico City Olympics. So we fly past Euripides and Keta, and then just 30 days later, after this long journey, which, which takes years, just 30 days later, we have our second Trojan encounter, and we fly past the smallest of our Trojan asteroids, which is called Polymely. Then we fly past Lucas and Oris, and then it's about 2029, and we swoop back down into the inner solar system and do another Earth gravity assist. That Earth gravity assist will set us up for the flyby of our, our last flyby, which is in the L5 swarm, the one that trails Jupiter in its orbit. And we fly past the near equal size binary uh, pair, Patroclus and Menetius. And that happens in 2033 and we get to the end of our prime mission. So that's that's 12 years in a nutshell. That's amazing. And first of all, I have to say that this mission, they have the greatest number of really cool names ever. Yes. <laughs> One mission. I mean, <laughs> it should just be, you know, websites, you know, dedicated to just, you know, the names. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I love, I love the names and... You know, uh, the Trojan names come from Trojans and Greeks in uh, Homer's epic poems. And then now we can name Trojan, smaller Trojan asteroids after Olympic athletes. So this is a very, very exciting. Great. And so is there going to be, what sort of, is there going to be any sort of um, science data being taken? Is it going to be possible to, you know, get pictures of the Earth and Moon or, you know, study our atmosphere or, you know, going past? Or is it just going to be in flight mode most of the time? Yeah, so on our first Earth gravity assist, we have planned calibration measurements. And so we'll be definitely taking data of the Earth-Moon system. And some of that data will be taken to make sure we understand our alignment between our instruments. Uh, for example, the LORI instrument, which is our high resolution imager and the TESS instrument, which allows us to get temperatures. As we fly past uh, Earth, we're gonna take data with both of those and be able to make sure we understand the exact offsets between those bore sites. Um, 
And of course, we've measured that on the ground, but after launch, we want to reconfirm it. And so there's going to be opportunity to take data at the Earth-Moon system in that first gravity assist. We'll obviously be taking uh, scientific images and data uh, at the Donald Johansson flyby, and then obviously at the Trojan asteroids. That's the whole point of the mission. Great. And so finally, you know, you say you're, you're down at Cape Canaveral now, Kennedy Space Center. Um, what's the next, where Lucy has recently arrived? So what's, what's next for the spacecraft? Yeah, so Lucy uh, arrived, Lucy and myself and a number of people from our team arrived here at uh, Kennedy Space Flight Center on last Friday. So that would have been July 30th. And we uh, landed at the uh, shuttle landing facility on a C-17. So we put Lucy safely in her shipping container and carefully put her onto the C-17 and flew from Colorado, uh, where Lucy was built, to uh, Florida, where Lucy will launch from. We have some tests coming up. We have to get Lucy all ready for launch. So um, there's um, some tests that we'll be doing uh, with the Deep Space Network. We have operational readiness tests. And of course, things like fueling and encapsulation will come later. So there's a whole host of activities that we'll be doing between now and October 16th, getting ready for launch. Great. Well, congratulations on, on your work so far. And I think everyone's really looking forward to, to a successful mission. Thank you so much. Thanks. And that was Dr. Kathy Olkin, planetary scientist at Southwest Research Institute and deputy principal investigator for the Lucy mission. Visit with us each week on Astronomy News with the Cosmic Companion as we bring the cosmos down to Earth and scientists directly into your homes with fun, informative interviews. Next week, we talk with Dylan Dong, a graduate student at Caltech who recently found a previously unseen type of supernova eruption. Here's a clip from that interview. I found one in particular that was associated with this dwarf galaxy, this tiny little galaxy uh, that's actually uh, an analog of the Large Magellanic Cloud, one of the satellite galaxies of our Milky Way, except this one is located at 500 million light years away. Uh, and it was not only, uh, you know, a rare event that was associated with a galaxy like this, it was also extremely luminous or something like that. It was, uh, we immediately thought it must be like a supernova or a gamma ray burst. And if it was a supernova, it would actually be tied for the most radioluminous supernova ever observed. And so we, we knew that, you know, there was something here that we needed to dig further into. And so that's what got us started. Make sure to visit with us on the 21st of, uh, 21st of September to watch the entire interview with Dylan Dong. Subscribe to our VIP newsletter to see every episode of this show one day early, together with advanced viewings of our comics, jokes, and a whole lot more. We depend on support from viewers just like you. For ways to help support this program, including VIP subscriptions, 
please visit thecosmiccompanion.net forward slash support. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and keep your wonder alive. If you enjoyed this episode of Astronomy News with the Cosmic Companion, please download and share the episode on YouTube, Facebook video, or your favorite podcast provider. Heck, tell Grandma about it in her birthday card. Remember, you can watch every episode of this show at thecosmiccompanion.tv. For more details on space and astronomy news, please visit thecosmiccompanion.com or thecosmiccompanion.net. Mm-hmm.